You are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 49ers, Brian Peacock and Eric Crocker with you. You got to check out the ultimate NFL preview that's happening all week long. Croc and I, along with the other hosts from the NFC West, just got done recording a little bit for that, and it's going to be running all week long. So go check that out, the NFL Ultimate Preview that's happening right here on the Locked On NFL Network of Podcasts. At BD Peacock, at Eric underscore Crocker is where you can find Croc and I on Twitter. Get some questions in that we will probably hit throughout the next couple of weeks as we get ready for week one. The season is almost here. Uh, some news on Trey Lance, some injuries. We want to talk DBs here, what that is shaping up to be for the 49ers roster as cut down day looms. But first, some bad news. And this press release from the 49ers today and a statement from linebackers coach Johnny Holland. He said, it has been an emotional few years for me and my family. In September of 2019, I was diagnosed with multiple myeloma and have gone through several rounds of remission and relapse. Unfortunately, the cancer has returned, and beginning on September 6th, I will take some time away from the team to receive treatment. In sharing the details of my diagnosis, my desire is that I can be an advocate and beacon of hope for those who are battling cancer to remind them that we're all in this together. Uh, That is a bummer of news to hear as the season is about to get going, and the 49ers are going to be without their linebackers coach for a while who's battling cancer. That yeah, is, that's it's always tough to hear anything like that. I think the thing that we all can do is just if you believe in God, just say a prayer for him and and hope for, you know, just a speedy recovery and 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 process with this whole thing. Thoughts are definitely with the Holland family and the 49ers family. So I hope that goes well and he beats it once again and, and beats that cancer back. How about this note I saw from Matt Barrows? And um, I was hoping that it was going to be the case that things went okay at Levi's Stadium with the 49ers and Raiders because I like the 49ers and Raiders games, and I like it when those teams play often, even if it's in the preseason. So from the Santa Clara, Santa Clara County or the Santa Clara Police Department, this from the Mercury News, there were 17 total arrests, but, quote, no known major incidents at the 49ers-Raiders game last Sunday. So no big incidents, which is good. It might sound like 17 arrests is a lot, but as Matt Barrows points out on Twitter, that's down from 32 arrests when the teams met in the 2018 regular season. So half as many arrests with 49ers Raiders this time. So good job, guys. Way to get that number down. Let's get it down into the single digits next time. Luckily, it was none of my buddies. I had a bunch of buddies that traveled to the game. (laughs) Some of my buddies that are Raider fans, but seems like everybody made it home safely. Were they Henri dudes? Are they the types that might get into a little something after uh, after a couple of $20 beers? They can get a little rowdy. They can. And they like lift a lot of weight, so they kind of like look for that. You know, that they want to be like the macho guys. Mm, yeah. So, uh, yeah. But it seems like everything was good. Very good news there. Um, some bad news when it comes to Trey Lance. And his finger that he injured in the game stayed in the game Sunday, but it turns out he's got some bone chips now. And, and that's on his throwing hand. So he got hit by a, a Raiders player's helmet. And I don't remember what player that was that hit him. And it looked like he shook it off pretty well. It's not a big injury, but it's going to keep him out about a week. They said seven days or so. So, you know, if that timeline is correct, he's going to be back and ready to go and be throwing footballs before the season starts for the 49ers. But it puts a damper on how much he's probably going to be used in week one if he's used at all. And I don't think the 49ers will need to use him in week one against the Lions. 
which is good news. So I think that might be the Jimmy Garoppolo show for the most part all game long. And Kyle Shanahan, basically, and we already knew it was the case when we saw Jimmy Garoppolo, Croc, you've seen that, right, where he was laughing when he was asked the question and just smirking and smiling yeah. about, who's the starting quarterback? He's like, yeah, I got a pretty good idea laughing about it. Yeah. We he's all like, know Jimmy Garoppolo good. was going to be like, the I starter. feel good about where I'm at. Yeah, and Kyle Shanahan pretty much said it without saying it again today, and we kind of knew it, but... Um, when it comes to Lance, he said, quote, we're going to make sure that we do what's best for Trey, getting him reps on the practice field, hopefully in games two, and we'll see how this all pans out. Hopefully in games two. So I don't think he's going to be sharing snaps 50-50, running in and out of the field and playing three plays and coming off for Jimmy for three plays like they did in the preseason game. Kyle talked about it after the game. I think it's pretty clear that they were just practicing swapping quarterbacks but it's not going to be that furious of a situation with with uh trey lance running on the field all the time right in the regular season that's the vibe i get right and i think if you are going to do it and you are going to practice it in the game i think the way they did it was good like maybe practice the worst case scenario of having to you know do it multiple times in one drives everything seemed like it went extremely well it didn't seem like clunky or anything very fluid the guys came in did their thing uh, Jimmy Garoppolo ended up running the ball in for a touchdown. So I think the way they did it, it looked like it was it was smooth. It was smooth. And again, probably won't see it to that extent during the season because I believe it was about 50-50 in those first two series with Jimmy Garoppolo starting uh, at quarterback. Some more quotes from Shanahan about his quarterbacks and specifically about Trey Lance and how he's going to be used and about, you know, development versus winning now. And he said, that's why I try to make it start with what gives us the best chance to win. If you're not, I don't feel like you're being fair to people. At the same time, I get spending the draft picks for a young quarterback. You got to do what's right for the guy, too. I think what's been tough for Trey is he didn't get to play football last year. So regardless of what happens, I'm always trying to make sure that Trey doesn't go a whole nother year without playing football. And I love that quote. And, and that's an important one. And we've talked about that a lot on this podcast. It was like, well, gosh, how do you, you can't sit a quarterback where the one thing he needs most is reps. So he's got to play. The one thing that Kyle could do wrong in this is just to not play him at all. So it sounds like he's going to get reps. And I would imagine maybe that gets ramped up. He gets more and more reps as the season goes along. Who knows? Maybe he does play in week one. Hopefully the 49ers are up big in the fourth quarter. You can put Trey Lance out there let him play a little bit and get his feet wet. But yeah, he needs reps. So he's going to play this year. That's clear. Exactly how that happens, a little bit more murky. Yeah, I mean, I'm still a believer in a guy that would like to see him play right away and really do everything you can to prepare him for next season and a big-time run from the 49ers and utilize a lot of that cap space to build around your young still quarterback that you spent a lot of draft capital on. But, you know, if they can kind of ease him in, I guess, you know, well, one, we have no choice but to be patient. But, you know, I guess I can be yeah. patient with the process. But I, I would like to see him just improve on the little, the little things when it comes to being a quarterback. And I think maybe Kyle feels like he didn't see enough of that, the consistency of the little things, and would like to see how he builds on that as the season progresses. Right, and I think it's probably not the worst thing just to get him on a field and just used to being on a field a little bit, give him a little bit of time, a little bit of time. And he wasn't efficient enough in the preseason for you to say, Oh yeah, he's clearly the guy and he's going to be the starter and he's not going to screw anything up. And, and everything's rosy because at that point he would already be the starter and there wouldn't even be a question in it. But one of the things I worry about, and we just saw it with him getting hurt and we've seen three big time running backs get lost for the season already. When you get hit in the NFL, you get hurt in the NFL. That worries me a little bit. If Trey Lance is used a lot as a pure runner and is taking hits and he's a big guy and he'll put his head down and if he's, you know, running goal line 
quarterback power and stuff. I the worst thing for his development now would be to get hurt and not be able to play or practice at all, right? So that's a little scary thing. You see him hurt his finger, and obviously that wasn't a big deal. He was hit. He was in the pocket when he got hit. But and that's probably why Kyle Shanahan told him. And I don't think there's any clear evidence that he did, except for watching the games. It seems like they tried hard to get him to not run too much. But if he comes out there in a Taysom Hill sort of role and he's just a glorified sort of running back and he's running the ball a lot and he gets hurt doing that, that would be terrible and would derail what he's trying to do. And it's, it's a little bit scary just overall having a quarterback that runs a lot and might take some hits. That's one thing in all of this with Trey Lance we haven't talked about a lot is the, is the possibility of injury that rises, you know, tenfold. I mean it rises so much for a quarterback that gets hit versus a quarterback that can get hit just in the pocket. And those guys still can get hurt. So that's one thing that worries me about the entire Trey Lance experience is I don't want to see the guy get hit, get hit, get hurt running the ball. So then he can't throw the ball either. Yeah. And I think that's one thing I took away from even just this preseason of them, like really working with him as a pure quarterback in the pocket. You know, we wanted to see the running aspect of it. What does it look like when he's carrying the rock? But seemed like they de- definitely put a big emphasis on him staying in the pocket and, and throwing from there. So just developing that aspect of his game to where his run is really secondary to where maybe like, you know, in the game where it was like fourth and three and he scrambled for a first down. Okay, that's awesome. But I don't think down the line you want him to be a guy that you're continuously counting on to be involved in the run game. All right, I got some notes on one rookie 49er, an undrafted player that has had a really good preseason. We'll talk about him. We'll talk DBs coming up next with my guy, Croc, the DB expert, Dr. Drip. That is next. It's that time of year again, and all eyes are now turning back to football as teams are back on the gridiron to start this 2021 season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half million dollar NFL mega contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL survivor contest open now at bet online head to the website use your mobile device sign up today and receive your 100% welcome bonus be sure to take advantage of their opening day super promo make a bet on the Thursday September 9th season opener between the Super Bowl champion Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. And if you lose, your wager will be refunded up to $25 for new customers only when signing up and using promo code NFL100. From football to basketball, boxing, and your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait and take advantage of all the great offers available for the 2021 season at Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. If y'all haven't checked out Croc Talk TV, you have to. Eric Crocker bringing it to you on YouTube so you can see his face, see that beard he's got growing that he's rocking. Uh, you can talk to him about his his swag if you don't like it. If you're a, a Revo helmet guy, he's a <laughs> shut guy. You can argue with him about that. But he does quarterback Mondays. It's Mondays, right? And uh, yeah. you have a guest, Greg Pinelli, who's a quarterback's coach, and he comes on with you, and you guys talk about quarterbacks, and you've talked a lot about Trey Lance. And one of the things we've brought up, and I've noticed a lot with his passes, is the wobbly stuff. And so when you get a wobbly pass, it's also high velocity. And I think there was one particular, the, the quick, I think it was a slant to – Juwan Jennings and it's like that's a tough ball to catch and I think it's not just bad luck that Trey Lance is having a bunch of drops I think some of it has to be on him at least a little bit so what was the verdict when you talk to a guy who coaches quarterbacks with the way that Trey Lance has been throwing the ball yeah so when he's talking like well 
when we see these wobbly passes, he says that most quarterbacks, a lot of quarterbacks, if you slow it down in slow motion and really pay attention to the ball, so a lot of times you'll see a slight wobble with these guys. So he was like, it's not something that's super out of the ordinary. Yes, some guys throw a more consistent, tight spiral. But if you just slow these passes down, a lot of times you'll see a slight wobble. All right. So he wanted to, he put an emphasis on that. He talked about Pey- Peyton Manning. He brought up Peyton Manning. He was like, man, watch Peyton Manning. He throws ducks all over the field. He was like, Trey Lance isn't throwing <laughs> ducks. They just have a slight wobble to it. He said a lot of this can be caused by, uh, because it wasn't an issue in college. All right. But he said sometimes when everything is starting to be a little sped up in your mind and you start to get a little amped up, he was talking about him being kind of amped up. And when he was going to throw it, he said if he's squeezing the ball just a little too hard at the end of that throw, that can make the ball come out a little wobbly. And sometimes that tenseness comes from maybe not again, we've always we've already talked about seeing things a little late, then feeling like you have to muscle passes in there. And he said he thinks that can be causing that slight wobble on some of his passes. So he said uh, that's something that as Trey Lance becomes more and more comfortable with what he's seeing and what is being asked of him in the offense, he thinks that that is something that would go away or at least not be as uh, prevalent as it has been. That makes sense. If your mind speeds up, then your arm and your delivery can speed up too, and that can just throw some things out of whack. Yeah. Oh, was there anything? Was there? There was another note, right? The slant, the oh, mislant. Oh yeah, that's what it was. So, so I asked, you know, and I was like, dude, how do you just miss like that, right? Like, I mean, he just sailed the ball on a slant that's wide open, and he uh, said, for those, you know uh, what, man? For those listeners that don't remember exactly what play you're talking about, which which so play was that? It, it was a third down play, and they did like this kind of like clear out, and he had this slant coming underneath, and I mean, it was wide open, third down, and he just missed it, and that's a down like. When you think of Kyle Shanahan and maybe why he's not starting Trey Lance right now, it's probably because of plays like that, right? Where it's like, this is the money down. We need this. And we've talked about where where does Jimmy Garoppolo excel? It was those money downs, right? Those third downs where he's been really efficient. Whereas Trey Lance, we've had a lot of punts with him on the field. And you like to see him make the routine throw, right? Make make the throw that you're supposed to make. You He makes all these amazing throws, rolling left, throwing strikes past the sticks, like all these, like throwing in between guys. There was this drive throw that Travis Benjamin that ended up they get they got the PI called. But if he didn't get pulled and it turned his whole body, it was going to be a laser right between two defenders and hit Benjamin right in the hands. But then when he got pulled away, it looked like he like hit him in the back or whatever. But um, he makes all these throws downfield, but then he airmails a slant. So I'm asking, how does that happen? And he said with all his quarterbacks that he's trained, he said whether it was Tyler Bray who played eight years in the NFL, whether it was Josh Allen who he's been working with since Josh Allen was in high school, said the first thing that he checks is their feet. And he said, so when he saw that, he said he watched that play several times and he looked right at the feet and he said his base got really wide with his feet on the throw. And that made, he said something about the, you guys have to watch it so you can get the exact quote on this. But something about the ground and the the force into the ground with your feet being wider and then how it kind of, and he said he kind of stepped behind the receiver instead of being lined up with the target. And he said, it's not anything with the arm or the delivery. It starts with the feet and it works its way up. And that's how you can have an inaccurate air mill pass like that. So that was another thing where he said, he was like, you know, 
he he makes up. He was like, Trey Lance will make up for throws like that. He said, those, I mean, those things are going to kind of happen until he gets more comfortable in the offense. And he came back to that. So he said, you know, in three years, we're not going to be talking about a missed slant from Trey Lance. That's something that he's going to just consistently hit. But right now, you're going to deal with some of these inconsistencies. He said there's going to be some passes are a little too hard and go off a guy's hands that might be intercepted. And these are things that we're just kind of going to have to deal with until Trey Lance continues to play and gets more and more reps on the field. The game will start to slow down and he won't have these issues. And he said uh, Josh Allen had a lot of these issues early on. If you looked at young Josh Allen, a lot of times it was his feet. He was getting too wide. He started to be a little erratic with his with his accuracy and everything. But the more he played, the more comfortable he got more comfortable he got in the offense, he turned into an MVP caliber quarterback. So he really was saying, don't hit the panic button or anything. Don't stress about these things. He's a rookie. He's going through some things. He'll figure it out. He's a great kid with with immense talent. Yeah, it's And you can still, and, the, and he still has a skill set that you can win with, even with some of these inconsistencies as a passer. Right, because you can still run the ball with him, you can still do the play-action stuff, and he can hit big throws, and he's made some really great throws, too. So uh, just consistencies and things that all quarterbacks have to work on, like guys in their 30s that have been 10-year starters in the NFL are still working on these nuances of the game every offseason. So you get better, you get better, you get better. That's something that people have to remember, and I know a lot of folks really want to see him in there and be the starter from week one, and I know you've talked about even seeing Trey Lance in there as being the guy, but there's so many other things to work on. Your head has to be spinning as a 21-year-old going from FCS level to the NFL, the speed of the game, the Shanahan playbook, the play calls, and you're working on how you're throwing the ball and your delivery, and you're you're just working on so many things at once. It's a lot to put on a young man. So just calm down and let's let the guy let's let the guy develop a little bit. I'm glad you said FCS because I'm about tired of hearing people say Division Two and Division Three. I'm like, that's not D two or D three. I play D two. It's one those dang North Dakota State Bisons would kick our ass. One A, one double A. What is it? What what did it used to be before? Was FCS? One double A. One double A. Okay. So you know, Sac yeah, State, uh, Sac State, UC Davis. Yeah. Over in your area. Yeah, UC yeah. Davis. Not a powerhouse by any means. Uh, Monticello, Arkansas, Monticello. It's not Division a, Two. Uh, it's Division Two. Okay. How'd you guys do? Did you ever win a... Uh, we were all right, but we were in, the, I mean, the toughest division. I think some people would say there's this one up north that's the toughest one, but we were in a tough division. I mean, we have Valdosta State. I mean, they're legit. Delta State, North Alabama, who had uh, mm. Bobby Bowden's son coaching. I mean, there were just some powerhouses. But I wanted to play against the best in, in this division or conference I was in, had all the Division One bounce backs guys from Auburn or Florida State that yeah. couldn't really, like you know, academic issues, whatever it was. So I got to line up against those guys, and I, I thought it was it was fun. It was a great experience. That's pretty cool. Didn't North Alabama have a big-time running back that played in the NFL around that time? I don't know if they had a uh, – but I, I did play against Janoris Jenkins. Oh, there you go. That's right, because he went Florida and then went to – Yeah, went to North Al. Oh, it was North Alabama. Okay, cool. Yeah. Well, I didn't play. I mean, we were on the field. I was right. corner. He's a corner. So yeah. I was all-conference. He was all-conference. Yeah. He probably learned some things from Croc. Yeah, I mean, you know, he saw me on film doing my thing, you know. <laughs> um, what? Oh, here we go. Here's a nice little note here before we talk defensive backs. This from Pro Football Focus. The highest graded non-first round defenders in the NFL this preseason. So this is non-first rounders. And the 49ers have a guy that was not even drafted at all, let alone being a first rounder. Elijah Sullivan, 49ers linebacker out of Kansas State, an 899 
grade. He was the second highest graded non-first-round defender in the NFL this season out of all rookies. Uh, Nate Hobbs, Raiders corner, was number one. Jonathan Cooper, Broncos edge player, and Elijah Molden, Titans cornerback, uh, were the top four players that PFF listed here. And by the way, a shadow 49er rookie, Jamar Johnson, out of uh, Indiana, was the highest-graded rookie safety in the preseason, mm. or the second-highest-graded rookie safety in the preseason. So I want to throw that one out there as well. But Elijah Sullivan, and um, he's been impressive all camp. We haven't really talked about him a lot. He even started one of the preseason games wearing number 53. If you're wondering who number 53 was out there, he's a former safety. I think he only weighed in at only, uh, what was it, 216 pounds, six feet tall, ran a 4.69, so not supremely athletic, but a former safety. And right now the 49ers have, I think, Aziz Alshair is the only linebacker the 49ers currently employ that wasn't a former safety. Wow. Didn't, never thought about it that way. Because even, even Fred, Fred Warner, Warner. I think Fred Warner was yeah. called a linebacker, but it was a completely different position. He, he was, was a star. Like a star he, was a, yeah. he, he was that uh, Minka Fitzpatrick. Yeah, exactly. It was like an overhang defender. Like he was kind of out there, kind of a, if kind you, of like a big slot almost. Right. And if you, if you didn't, if someone didn't tell you what they were listed on the roster and you watched a BYU game with Fred Warner, you'd say, oh, that's a strong safety, basically. Yeah. He's that far detached from the front seven in some ways um yeah like a big slot but also kind of played like a linebacker could blitz at times from there too so yeah the 49ers that's uh that's the thing if you're trying to figure out who the next 49ers linebacker is going to be go find someone who used to play safety but i think uh elijah sullivan probably locked himself up a roster spot potentially i don't know he's marcel harris i don't know man yeah you know sullivan he might be a guy that could get on the practice squad it's going to be a close one because we already know who the top guys are um there's going to be some tough. I don't. I don't want to go through a whole because look, we're less than 24 hours away on tomorrow's podcast. We should know who all the cuts are going to be, so we can talk about them after the fact. I don't want to do a whole 53 man roster projection right now. But Elijah Sullivan is not somebody that we projected to make the roster. Uh, but he's impressed in camp, impressed in the preseason. I think he's put himself on the map there. And if he doesn't make the roster, he could get picked up somewhere else, or could re- be right back on the practice squad, which means he's one injury away from being right back on the 53 again. Let's talk DBs. Who do you think is going to be on the roster there, Croc? And did Diamandor Lenore screw up his uh, the perfect game he was pitching this preseason in that last game against the Raiders? That's coming up here on Locked On 49ers. All right, football fans, tell me if this sounds familiar. You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friend's Log in for some other good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings you your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And that would be the best part, except there's also no annual contract so get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your tv together with direct tv stream you can learn more at directtv.com. that's directtv.com. compatible device required content varies by package with the ever-increasing numbers of makes models it is now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning 
and wait while the counterman orders the parts on his computer. You can't see what he's looking at. He's looking at this screen, choosing the only brand his warehouse happens to carry. Then you got to come back and wait for the part to even get there. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket with an endless supply of everything you need for your vehicle. I'm always blown away at how much they have in stock at rockauto.com. Why would you choose to spend 30, 50, even 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or a new car dealership? Chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. Rockauto.com's prices are always the same for everybody and are always reliably low. Just let them know that Locked On sent you. Write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Demo, Diamador Lenore. He's been a star in the secondary since being drafted out of the fifth round. He's proven he belongs, and he came to the NFL ready to play. Uh, one thing I noticed about him in this game was feeling against the run. He's got no problem coming up against the run. Uh, I like seeing that. But his opponent's passer rating against, which was 0.0, is no longer 0.0. I don't know exactly what it is, but he, he was tested. And Ambry Thomas, too. They played a lot this preseason. They were tested a lot this preseason. So what's the final verdict here of these rookies? And then we've got uh, Haha Clinton Dix, who had the interception. Talanoa Hufanga. There was talk about maybe he would work in there as a starter. And then now he's like, well, he's probably going to be at least third string because Tart's coming back, and he's back from his injury. And you got Tavon Wilson out there. I don't know if everybody's going to make the roster. How do you see this thing? First of all, let's start with the corners, Demo and Ambry Thomas. Well, Diamondo Lenore, you know, he is a guy who had exclusively played outside. And a few weeks ago, I kind of profiled him as everybody said, hey, this is a guy that's just he's a nickel. He's a nickel. And the 49ers play him outside. And I was like, but when I watch him, his movement skills say more nickel. That he kind of just lacked a little bit of burst. Well, this game, he started on the outside. When they went to nickel package, he slid into the inside. Matter of fact, Ambry Thomas actually didn't start either. It was number 41, Meyer. He was the one who started on the outside with Diamador Lenore. Once they went to nickel, Ambry Thomas came in on the outside. Lenore slid down into the nickel. And that was something that was intriguing because I kind of wanted to see him play more in that spot, right? Like, what does it look like inside? Because right now, you have to depend on... Kawan Williams staying healthy for all 16 games, which is something that just really hasn't happened. And then if it's not him, then, I mean, who, who do you go to? Dante Johnson? You have to keep him because who else has that nickel experience? Maybe Emmanuel Mosley because he definitely can play there. But then you'd have to put somebody else on the outside. So I just thought, like, man, that's a mess. Let's figure it out. And they figured it out with putting uh, Emmanuel Mosley in the, I mean, uh, excuse me, Demodor Lenore in the nickel spot. I really like that. And give him a little bit of time, get him some reps, because he profiles as someone who should be really good in the nickel. So I think he will be good there, even though he's played more on the outside. So that'll be exciting to see him develop, and obviously makes it makes life easier for him to get on the field, right? If he can play outside and inside, give yourself more opportunities to play. Ambry Thomas. What did we see from Ambry Thomas in this game and as a whole in the preseason? Is he just flat out less ready to play than Diamador Lenore? Did you see some things in him where you're like, okay, I see it. It's just he's not going to be ready yet. Oh, man. You know, so the first thing that, like, I always noticed movement skills, and I thought he did well. Like, it never looked like he was overmatched with guys, but 
he just tends to be on the wrong end of plays just maybe too often, at least for my liking and probably for the 49ers liking as well. And that was why maybe we saw number 41 Meyer in there instead of Amber Thomas starting off that last game. He, you know, he he got beat a couple times deep, um, definitely targeted a lot, definitely tested a lot. So you got to see his full skill set on display. But none of that scared me more that, than that horrific missed tackle in the red zone against oh, the Raiders. I have that. Yeah, I have that in my notes right here. That was embarrassing. That was like, you remember the viral Tim Tebow block attempt from a few weeks ago before he was cut yeah. from the Jaguars? What are you doing? Looks like head to the ground, just kind of rolled up into a ball, and it was not even an, a minor impedance versus Demo earlier in the game filling against the run like he like it meant something to him, you know? So, I, I yeah, I hated seeing that. That was embarrassing, and, and that is going to get highlighted on film for him for sure <laughs> in that DB's room, right? Yeah, it, it wasn't pretty. So, I mean, just the effort wasn't there and I get it you try to go low you got a big tight end there and you feel like you're overmatched from a size perspective but gotta throw your body around a little bit and everything is on the line there during the preseason and that's the difference and we talked a little bit about uh, uh, Trent Sherfield who continues to shine but his mindset of I have to do whatever I can do like like my this everything depends on this and with Ambry Thomas is like well you're probably not gonna play too much during the regular season unless there's a bunch of injuries but you have to put everything on the line right now. And if that means running into this big-ass tight end where you're overmatched from a weight standpoint, but you throw your body into him, you have to do it. You got to do it. And he kind of went the opposite way there, went really low. Guy just went around him and ran in for, ran in for a touchdown. So that was something from a mindset standpoint that you don't like to see. And that's something where, I mean, we talk about how easy it is to get in Kyle Shanahan's doghouse. Right. Mm -hmm. And he does not like like guys who are soft. And D'Amado Lenore, you talked about him filling in in the run game and everything. And he came in from day one saying he was a hyena and he had that type of that type of attitude. Uh, Amber Thomas looked like the opposite on that play. And we'll see if he can rebound from that, because once you get in Kyle Shanahan's doghouse, it's kind of hard to get out of that. And we've seen it with Talanoa Hufanga, too. It's the attitude. It's the energy you bring. It's. Um, how much you're competing on a play-to-play -play basis has as much to do as your athleticism does to getting on a field early. Right. Yeah, you got, you, you got to do whatever you got to do and, and wherever they need you. But you start stacking up plays against you, whether, you know, in coverage and and then you have, you know, a missed tackle like that, it's going to be a little more difficult to get them on the field. And we saw that with Akella Witherspoon, maybe not like the missed tackles in preseason, I believe. But I think there was a sense of maybe – Witherspoon not being 100% ready to really step on the field. So for the first, what, six games or seven games his rookie year or whatever, he was inactive for a good amount of them. So Coach Crocky, looking at the secondary, if we're projecting this out a little bit here and you're trying to draw up a depth chart and trying to figure out, we don't have to project the, the full 53, but if you're drawing up a depth chart here, it's Verrett and Mosley are the starters on the outside, right? Right. And you got Demo backing up one side. Maybe backing up the slot with K1 Williams, right? That's four players. Right. You're not going to cut your third rounder in Ambry Thomas for sure. So he's no. your fifth corner. Is there room for someone like Dante Johnson? Do they need Dante Johnson? Uh, Alexander Myers, who you talked about, who's been getting a little bit of run in the preseason here at cornerback. Is there space for one of these other corners, or does someone like Diamador Lenore have to back up K1 Williams in the nickel? No, I'd still keep Dante Johnson just for that veteran aspect. Now, there is a chance that 
you can cut a guy like Dante Johnson and nobody probably pick him up. So as long as you still have those veteran spots on the practice squad, you put them on there, and if need be, you can bring them up and have them active. Same with Myers. I mean, he's a guy who he's intriguing, and I at the very least like to get a little bit more look at him. I mean, they've been watching them practice, and they know more about how he's doing than I do, but he hasn't looked bad. He looked like somebody out there that, you know, there's a little something there. So he's somebody that I definitely would like to see. Was he a second-year player out of Houston, I believe? Yeah, but, undrafted out of Houston. Uh, he signed with the Steelers last year. Right. So, you know, have him around, put him on that practice squad along with Dante Johnson. Now you have two kind of defensive backs, especially Dante Johnson with his versatile ability that could kind of come in if need be off of the practice squad. Four five two forty yard dash for Alexander Myers coming out of Houston last year. He's not a big guy. Five eleven, one eighty seven, pretty slim. Mm, and yeah. thirty six and a half inch vertical. I think I'm seeing this, those are his numbers. So solid, solid athletic testing numbers. Not bad. Yeah. Alexander Myers, but, but you know, probably so a, a I practice would go squad with, guy. I would go with six cornerbacks. So you 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 named you said uh, Jason Verrett, uh, Emmanuel Mosley, mm-hmm. Kwan Williams, Amber Thomas, Lenore, and. Dante Johnson. And Dante Johnson. I think they'll keep five. But Dante I would Johnson. try to keep Dante Johnson on practice. So yeah, I would so, keep five. So yeah, cut cut Dante Johnson, put him back on the practice squad. I think that's probably the way you do it because you got some you need some room with safety too. Haha Clinton Dix. Have you liked what you've seen from him so far? Uh Hufanga is obviously gonna make it. He's gonna be a core special teamer, so he's gonna be a, need a uniform on Sundays, even as he develops as uh, as a safety. And so he might be just the number two safety. Do you keep Tart? I mean, do you cut Tart at this point? Tavon Wilson got the start over him, or is that just because of the injury? Tavon Wilson, do you cut him? Uh, it's a tough one at strong safety. I think you 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 keep Tart, you keep Ward, keep Wilson, you keep Hufanga. That's four already. Yeah. They might and only have space we, for 10 total DBs, and if you got five so corners. So since we kept five corners, we can keep five safeties, and that could make room for Ha Clinton Dix. I think the thing that's throwing me off about – Oh, first of all, did you hear that horrendous call by Greg Papa and on, on HaHa Clinton Dix interception? Uh, no. Was that in the first half? So I was having an open house. I was watching it at a brewery for the first half of the game, so there was no audio. Oh, man. So he had an interception, and they had a little bit too much fun with his name as he was returning. Oh, okay. And... <laughs> So first it was Greg Papa who was like, ha, 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 Clinton Dix, right? And then, um, gosh, why can't the big guy? Oh, Tim Ryan. Yeah, Tim Ryan. So then Tim Ryan comes and he was like, ha, 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 like or something like that. And then (laughs) it was so bad. And then uh, Greg Papa comes in and he does like the Woody the Woodchuck. Like, I mean, it was. it Just over the top. it's as, as bad as it sounds with me kind of like saying what that, that it was that bad live. I mean, it was terrible. Woody the I, said, I can't believe they just did I that. I wonder how that goes. I, I want to talk to Pop and ask him about that. I wonder if he practices those things. And like he's got a little something for everybody. And if it comes up, he's like, oh, I got one for ha ha. Let's try this one. He's like, ah, no, I don't like that. Let's try this other thing for this other guy. You know, you got to try him out in the preseason. Just like the players are working out something. Uh, but you're saying that doesn't make it to the regular season cut? That oh, 100% okay. doesn't. It was so bad. Watch when you hear it. <laughs> I, I'll find the link because it went viral a little bit, 
And there were people like, oh, listen to this call from this 49er game, like, you know, just certain media outlets. It was bad. That is pretty over the top doing the Woody Woodpecker. If he went that whole <laughs> yeah, route, I gotta, I, I gotta find that. I number. couldn't believe it. <laughs> uh, but hold on, you kept too many safeties already, dude. You didn't count Hufanga. So we got Tart Ward. We've got Wilson. Clinton Dix is four. And Hufanga five. Hufanga. Oh yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. I thought there was one extra in there. Yeah, that's easy. Yeah. That's five. Yeah. Clinton Dix, I think what's, that was throwing me off about him is he's wearing number 49, and it just looks so bad out there mm-hmm. that it's hard to take him serious. It's not a very free safety-ish number. Yeah, not at all. I bet I bet both Elijah Mitchell and Clinton Dix don't wear 49 if they make the roster. Somebody's going to get let go. If you go off of my running back or our running back stuff, you either have – uh, Hasty or Gallman, one of them is going to be gone. I so there's, they, they were number 22 and 23. If so you are the Ravens, don't you give up a sixth round pick for Gallman after losing J.K. Dobbins? Ooh. The guy can catch the ball. I just feel like there's a trade to happen there. I, I don't think they cut, I don't think the Niners are going to cut any of those guys. I think there's got to be, there's enough teams that need running backs too. So, yeah. Well, one of them got to go. And then there's Tony Jefferson. He's probably going to get let go. He's wearing number 25, so that frees up another mm-hmm. number for some guys. I keep forgetting about Tony Jefferson. And then maybe a single-digit number. I mean, we haven't. We don't really think about that. But, you know, like number six uh, with uh, Webster, if he doesn't make it, that number gets freed up mm-hmm. for a potential defensive back. Jared Maiden probably will be on the practice squad again. I don't think he's going to make the roster. He's wearing number seven. But Although, the quarterback wearing number seven. So, well, Sudfield, does Sudfeld make the roster? Like it's pretty clear it's going to be Jimmy now. So do you need a third quarterback if you got Jimmy and Trey? I don't think you do. I think that's a super easy way. It's like what Sudfeld hasn't shown anything in these preseason games to me to be like, oh, you got to keep Sudfeld if he makes it the practice squad. Cool. If not, bring back Rosen to the practice squad. I think you go two quarterbacks, save a roster spot how many, there for how many one of these defensive linemen or one of these running backs or one of these DBs. How many veterans do you put on the practice squad, though? How many can you put? Is oh, it like it's four? it's the same COVID rules, so they got a ton. They got like 16 again this year. I know, but how many can be veterans? Oh, veteran. Yeah, I can't remember. Was there only... I think I, I feel think like it, it was four. I think there's no stipulation on that. Is there? Oh, okay. Oh, there might, I don't know. I always forget. I like Hit us up at BD Peacock, at Eric underscore Crocker. I'm sure we'll hear a lot about it tomorrow when cuts are made, what the new... Um, rules are for the practice squad i think it's the same covid rules which is pretty much just wide open you just can have a ton of dudes a couple of them can be up on game day and you yeah i I think it's it's the wild wild west again with these practice squad spots but we'll find out cuts happening tomorrow little winky wednesday we'll have a ton of content for you coming as we do every day getting ready for this 49er season right here locked on 49ers